Experience the feeling of powder floating up to your goggles. Take in a sweeping panoramic view from atop a mountain ridgeline. Feel the thrill of laying an edge on perfect corduroy and arcing a sweeping turn. Relax in front of a crackling fireplace at the end of a great day on the mountain. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective, the podcast series that takes you on a journey to the dream destinations included on the Mountain Collective Pass. Each episode will take you on a collective trek, visiting two or more resorts, giving you local insights into how to maximize your Mountain Collective Pass and to explore some of the sport's most exhilarating destinations. Check it out today at mountaincollective.com. Now join us on a collective trek with our local guides on Inside the Mountain Collective. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and I'm ready to take you on a collective trek to some of the world's greatest ski resorts. Your Mountain Collective Pass is your gateway to adventure, and there's no better place to build a collective trek than the Intermountain West. Sun Valley stands alone at the gateway to Idaho's Sawtooth Range, but within an easy day's drive, you can hit Snow Basin, Jackson Hole, Grand Targhee, Alta, Snowbird. What an action-packed week or 10-day trip that would be. Sun Valley was the 1930s dream of railroad tycoon Averill Harriman, who sent a team to find a location to build a destination ski resort for his Union Pacific Railroad. Today, the village of Ketchum and the resort of Sun Valley attract visitors from around the world to learn to ski on Dollar Mountain or link turns down the unrelenting 3,000 feet of vertical on Bald Mountain. Today, Inside the Mountain Collective catches up with local McKenna Peterson. You may know McKenna from her starring roles in Warren Miller films. Growing up in Sun Valley, she was just five when she took a break from her ski day at Dollar to point over to Baldy saying, I want to ski over there. A former ski racer, McKenna is now a professional big mountain skier, as well as the operator of her late father's salmon boat in Alaska. That's a perfect combo for winters in Sun Valley and then some springtime lines in AK. McKenna talks about growing up in Sun Valley and how the town still today has that same feeling that she grew to know. A town that loves to welcome visitors and make them feel like they're at home. Okay, enough preview. Let's head over to River Run at Sun Valley to catch up with local pro skier McKenna Peterson as we take a look at Sun Valley Resort. And today Inside the Mountain Collective is taking you to Sun Valley, one of my favorite ski towns. And with us, homegrown talent, big mountain skier McKenna Peterson. And McKenna, thank you for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Thanks for having me, Tom. Happy to be here. You know, Sun Valley is just a great place, and it must have been an amazing experience as a young girl to grow up in this historic ski town. Man, how lucky am I to have been born and raised in a place like Sun Valley? And I didn't really realize it until I got older and started traveling or moved away, how lucky I was to grow up here and how special and unique this community and area and mountain are. Yeah, it just has a special vibe to it. It's it's a little bit remote, maybe I'll say a lot remote. Although uh, with your Mountain Collective Pass, you can easily string together some Utah resorts. You can go to Alta, Snowbird, and Snow Basin, and then pop on up to 
Sun Valley, maybe over to Jackson on the Mountain Collective Pass. But there really is a special vibe when you walk down the street and catch them. Uh, you know you're in a unique place. Yeah, for sure. It's still has a small town feel to it. I mean, it is still a small town, but especially compared to the other resorts, you know, Sun Valley and the town of Ketchum are so laid back that when you come here, you just, you almost feel like you belong rather than you're just visiting. You know, you, you really get integrated in the community when you show up here. That's really a great point. I mean, I've had the opportunity to visit up there a number of times. And folks, if you're listening and you have not been to Sun Valley, what McKenna is saying really is spot on. You're going to have a completely different vibe here than you will at a, a lot of resorts. McKenna, let's talk about you. You grew up in Sun Valley and you have grown in a career that is taking you literally all over the world. But tell us about life growing up in, in Sun Valley and how you learned to ski and what it was like getting at the top of Bald Mountain as a little kid and pointing them down. Well, we all start on Dollar Mountain. So my parents took me skiing on Dollar when I was three years old. And that was my start. You know, they would carry me a little ways up the hill and then hold me and I'd ski down a little bit. And then eventually I got on quarter dollar chairlift and then moved up to half dollar chairlift and finally went to the top of Dollar Mountain. And after going to the top of Dollar Mountain a few times or for a few years, I pointed at Bald Mountain, like, I want to go over there. How old were you then? <laughs> About five. Five years old, and you pointed over yeah. to Bald Mountain. And folks, if you if you had, don't know the layout, if you don't have the trail map in front of you, Dollar Mountain is a smaller mountain, and then Bald Mountain is the big behemoth. And they're a few miles apart, but very visible from each other. So five-year-old McKenna, you pointed to Bald and said, I want to go there. That's where the big kids go. I want to go there. So parents took me to the top of Baldy, and not sure how long it took me to get down, but I did make it top to bottom baldy when I was five years old. It's over 3,000 vert. What run did you take to get down? Oh, I'm pretty sure we did a upper college, lower college river run. Yeah. And, and that is a long run. We're going to talk more when we have the mountain tour about that. But what was it as a young girl that really got you excited about the sport? You know, skiing's been in my life for as long as I can remember. And Skiing was such a big part of my family that I didn't really appreciate how special that was until I was, you know, conscious enough to realize that not everybody had the opportunity to go skiing every day. But even my elementary school would take one day of the week where they'd throw all the kids on a bus and drive us to the resort and we'd go skiing. So skiing was just a part of life. It was an everyday activity. It was what we did wake up on the weekend, you'd put on your ski gear. It was everything. You know, it's, it's all of us as skiers and snowboarders, you know, we know, we know that feeling you became quite proficient. You became a, a, a pro skier and it's taken you around the world filming. I know you're filming now with Warren Miller and, and some others, but how did you, how did you get into to filming and get out to some of the big mountains around the world? Yeah. So I grew up ski racing. I raced on the Sun Valley ski team through high school. And when I left high school to went to, and went to college, my ski racing career was kind of winding down. I was not good enough to make the U.S. ski team, but I knew I wanted to keep skiing every day. So I went to Salt Lake City to go to college where I knew I could ski every day and had easy access to the mountains. And 
through that, I was introduced to the free skiing world tour and the big mountain competitions. Those were a blast. That was such a fun time of my life. And then one thing led to another and that progressed into film opportunities and partnerships with brands. And it's just been going from there. You know, my main goal is just to ski as much as possible, whether that is here or in Salt Lake City, in front of a camera, with my family, just for myself. I just want to ski every day. So a lot of people go to Alaska to ski. You actually went up to help your dad run a salmon boat. Tell us about that. Yeah, my father was a commercial salmon fisherman in Alaska. So I would go up to Alaska in the summertime to help him on his boat. I started working for him full time when I was a teenager. And now I have taken over the operation and continue to spend my summers fishing in Alaska. Now, somehow that must lead you into a little bit of skiing up there in the spring, I would imagine. Of course it does. <laughs> you know, the mountains up there are obviously huge and beautiful and breathtaking. Even being up there in the summer, you can see the big peaks still with snow on them. So you can't help but think about skiing all summer when you're on the boat. So it's been about eight or nine years that I've been traveling to Alaska in the spring in order to ski. Let's get back and talk about Sun Valley. One of the things that really sets Sun Valley apart is the deep heritage. This honestly was the first destination ski resort in America. Tell us about that history and culture that goes all the way back to the 1930s. Yeah, I mean, I believe Sun Valley celebrated its 85th season just a couple years ago, 2021-22. So, you know, that in itself is a lot of history. It's a lot of time. We were the first ski resort or first chairlift in the United States. And gosh, I mean, so much has happened. You know, it was it started as a destination luxury resort that kind of morphed into this laid back kind of escape destination for, you know, socialites and celebrities and high-end clientele. But the unique thing about Sun Valley, which you can still see today, is we have all these high-end aspects, but it's laid back. You know, you can go out and you see celebrities in the bars or around the Sun Valley Lodge, and they're dressed pretty casual, and they're with their families, and they're just here, you know, experiencing the day-to-day. You know, you treat them just like you treat anybody else and same them to you. And I think that the most special thing about our history and our heritage and what Sun Valley grew to be is the fact that it has combined this kind of luxurious destination with just laid back everyday atmosphere. Yeah, it really is a special place. I, I know walking through the hallways of the Sun Valley Lodge and looking at all of the historical photos that are up there, some great celebrities and sports stars from the past. It's been really the destination. It, it started as a railroad destination for the Union Pacific Railroad. And now people come, I don't think many people come by train anymore, but they, they find their way up to Sun Valley. And it, it just is truly a special place with that heritage. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you walk down the hallways of the Sun Valley Lodge, I mean, you could spend an entire day just looking at those photos. Yeah, it's it's something. Okay, let's get up on the mountain. Let's do a little mountain tour. And I want to focus on uh, 
on Baldy. This is truly a big mountain. And before we get into kind of a specific tour, how would you characterize the mountain itself? It, there's, there really, to me, there's nothing like this mountain anywhere in America. But what are the characteristics that stand out for you? Vertical relief. There isn't any. <laughs> <laughs> so what really stands out about Baldy is, you know, you have over 3,000 feet of vert that is consistent. You aren't finding much for flat terrain anywhere on the mountain. You know, you have all aspects. And within all of those aspects of the mountain, you have groomed terrain, you have moguls, gladed trees, off-piece skiing. There's pretty much something for everyone. And it keeps going. So it's not like some of the other resorts where you go to where you have a steep pitch and it flattens out for a while and then a mellowish pitch and then another steep roll off. Baldy is just steep top to bottom. And, and let's, let's, let's get into a mountain tour. And I want to first, you know, what's, what's a good hard tour. So you've got some friends coming into town, but they know how to ski. Where are you going to take them? And what are the first runs you're going to do as a warm up in the morning? And then where are you going to head to as the day goes on? Well, it all depends on how much fresh snow we have. So I have my runs that I go to when it dumps and we have a powder day. I may or may not bring friends with me for those days. Of course. <laughs> but the usuals, my, some of my favorite, more difficult runs on the mountain are Limelight. Limelight is, again, a beautiful top to bottom over 3,000 vert, straight, steep, sometimes moguled. They do groom it, but rarely run. Exhibition. Exhibition's on the river run side. There used to be a little double chair that went up it, which is why I believe it's called Exhibition. It's where you go to show off your skills. Best mogul run on the mountain by far. Before we go too far, we should probably tell folks there are really two primary base areas. And you want to quickly run through those and then we'll continue our tour. Yeah, there's two primary base areas of Bald Mountain, the Warm Springs base area and the River Run base area. Both areas can get you to the top of the mountain very quickly. And both areas have chairlifts that meet at the top. There is also, you know, opposing those two sides, there's the Seattle Ridge side of the mountain that does not reach all the way down to the valley floor, but is kind of its own separate third aspect. And that's basically the layout of the mountain. And you can ski all around everywhere and pretty easily get back to where you started. So let's say your friends coming into town maybe aren't quite at the same level that you are. You want to show them a good time up, up on the mountain. Yeah, there's a lot of vertical, but there's also great places that you can ski that are going to be a little bit easier on them as an introduction to Bald Mountain. Where do you go? Right. So what I said previously that I had skied my first run on Baldy when I was a kid is still one of my favorite runs on the mountain, upper college, lower college, down to the river run side is a pretty moderate groomed run that again will just go forever so you have a lot of time and a lot of vert to get your legs underneath you and really feel what the snow is doing it's groomed every day if you get there first thing in the morning it is perfect corduroy and the most perfect pitch for feeling your skis it's not scary it's not intimidating and you can just keep going Great warm-up run. 
How important is it to kind of follow the sun around the mountain in the wintertime? I know there's a, a lot of different exposures there, but for somebody coming in for the first time, what tips can you give them to follow the sun as the day goes by? It is very, is a good point. It is very important to follow the sun in the middle of winter. It is pretty cold and sometimes a little icy out of the sun. So the river run side is mostly southeast facing, east facing. So if you start at the river run side in the morning, and then as the sun gets higher in the sky, you start poking around and dropping back into the warm spring side, you'll be able to chase the sun throughout the day. And the sun is so important here because it is often really sunny and the views are incredible. But if you stay in the sun, you're just, you're, you can see you're warm and you can take a second to look out and watch the glowing of the mountain ranges that surround the resort. You know, the, the, the view really is spectacular. It's just the way the mountain is situated. And as you go down these, these runs, you have a continuous view out onto the horizon. Give us a sense of the mountains in the area, the national forest, and what are we seeing as we look out onto the horizon? Yeah, we're surrounded by multiple different mountain ranges. So if you're skiing down the river run side, you know, you're mostly looking at the Pioneer Mountains. The Pioneer Mountains are pretty steep and Alps-like. You know, when you can see the Pios, they really stand out. It's kind of awe-inspiring. And then as you wrap around toward the warm spring side of Baldy, you're looking back onto the boulders and the Smokies. And on an especially clear day, you can see all the way up to the Sawtooth. And these are just big, broad mountains that seem to go for as far as you can see. You know, you have the little valleys in between and you can see our valley, the Wood River Valley, tucked down in between these mountain ranges. But it's, it's cool to look out and see all the white and imagine skiing everywhere. <laughs> there is skiing everywhere. Let's explore Seattle Ridge a little bit more. It's, it's a fun area for me. There's a lot more diversity there. It's a little bit easier than some of the other lines, but you can have a lot of fun up there. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun at Seattle Ridge. The Seattle Ridge Lodge is my favorite lodge on the mountain. The views from the patio on the lodge are incredible. They have great food. It's an awesome place to take a break from skiing. And, you know, the terrain over there is a little bit more mellow. Again, you're not losing this consistent vertical. You still have this consistent vert from the top of Seattle Ridge where the lodge is down to Seattle Ridge chair, but the pitch mellows out a little bit and you have multiple options for, again, perfectly groomed, pretty flat and easy to manage terrain. And getting around the mountain, we've talked about the two base areas, and each one of them have lifts that take you either to the top or near the top. And even from Seattle Ridge, it's pretty easy to get around to different locations on the mountain. It's really easy to get around. And then the other special thing about Baldy is from where you are at any point on the resort, you can see multiple other aspects and options of where you could be. So it's really easy to get your bearings. And even if you don't know the names of the runs or don't have a plan for where you're going, you can be on top of a run, look across, see something that's enticing and say, okay, I want to go over there and pretty easily just figure out on your own how to get yourself there. You don't have to be staring at a map all the time and 
looking at names around. So you can just kind of, it's easy and doable to look around and make your day based off of what you're seeing. Yeah. What I really like too, we, we've mentioned this, but the, the fact that from either of those base areas, you can get yourself right up to the top. You've got a nice long chairlift coming out of Warm Springs, and you've got a nice warm gondola coming out of River, mm-hmm. River Run, but just puts you in a great access point to ski the mountain. Yep, exactly. And it's easy to get from one side to the other. It does not take very long. You know, if you park on River Run side and start over there and end your day down a Warm Springs side, you just have to make sure you get that last chairlift back up to the top and you can ski right back down to your car on River Run side. Or you can take a bus. Or you can take the bus around, which actually is kind of fun. Let's talk about dining on the mountain. I know that we're on the mountain to ski, but there's a lot of great lodges for you to take a break in. What are some of your favorites around the mountain and where's the spot to go for lunch? Well, my choice for lunch is the Lookout Lodge, which is at the very top of the mountain, the very peak where all the chairlifts come together and meet. It's fairly old. It's a little rustic. They have great tacos. It's also one of the more affordable places to eat on the resort and kind of the younger, fun, après scene at the end of the day. You know, it's it's interesting because I, I, I hear what you're saying. It, it is very rustic up there. It's not quite as modern and new as uh, River Run Lodge and some of the others, but it just has that great ski area feel, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, the the benches and the booths that you sit in in that lodge have been there for a really long time. So, yeah, it, it feels like a ski area, an old ski area place to hang out. You know, another cool place, and tell us about it if you could, is the Roundhouse. Yep, the Roundhouse is very special. You know, they have phenomenal food. You usually do need to make a reservation ahead of time to eat at the at the Roundhouse. Their fondue is to die for. Their staff is incredibly friendly. And the unique thing about eating at Roundhouse during a ski day is you walk in there in your ski gear and sit down at a white tablecloth for a as fancy as you want meal. That's wonderful. And and for folks who don't know the lay of the land, you can take the gondola right up to Roundhouse, right? From the river run side? Correct. You can take the gondola up to Roundhouse and it is possible to take the gondola up to Roundhouse restaurant without having ski gear. You can take the gondola up, have a meal, and then take the gondola back down. Cool. What about Opry? Where's the place to be either at the mountain or in Ketchum? All right. I got a few spots. The first one is what I just mentioned, Lookout Lodge at the top of the mountain. Tacos, good Opry, kind of a fun vibe. At the base of Warm Springs is Apples Bar and Grill. Apples has been there since I was a kid. It's where I used to hang out after ski team, eat some French fries. My parents would come in and meet me and they would have a beer. So Apples is always a good spot. Warm Springs Lodge, also at the base of Warm Springs, has fresh baked cookies, I believe, every hour. And they ring a bell. And when that bell rings, even if you're skiing up to go get back in the lift line, if you hear that bell ring, you got to take off your skis and go inside because they have these big chocolate chip cookies that are fresh out of the oven and gooey and to die for. This is awesome. So that's a secret tip. <laughs> love it. Love it. And, and, you know, I want to go back quickly to Apples too, because that's one of those legendary hangouts. It's been there for many, many years. And if you're making a trip up to Sun Valley, you have to spend some operate time at Apples. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also great history on the walls of apples. You know, there's photos and posters from a long line of professional skiers that have either lived here or spent time here in Sun Valley. And stories, so many stories come out of that place. Lots of stories. Let's take a look into town. And uh, I want I'm going to start actually out at the resort itself, the Sun Valley Inn, the Sun Valley Lodge. This is where it it all began a little bit of a distance from the mountain. It's not ski in, ski out, but it's very convenient to get to the mountain from there, take a bus or, or to drive. But tell us a little bit about the inn and the lodge and that entire resort feel that you have there. You know what I really like about Sun Valley Resort, as in the town of Sun Valley, which is separated from the actual ski resort. So you do need to travel between the lodging and the resort. But if you go stay in Sun Valley, I appreciate that it isn't overloaded with hotels and stuff. It isn't all packed together like some of the other resorts that you visit. Everything's pretty well spread out. You have the Sun Valley Lodge. You have the Sun Valley Inn. And then you have some fun amenities. So it's a cool place to hang out, especially with the family. You know, you can go see a movie at the Opera House. You know, there's bowling in the Sun Valley Lodge. My Probably my favorite amenity is the hot pool at Sun Valley Lodge. Of course. <laughs> I mean, how could it not be? It is a gigantic hot tub. And I mean like the size of a very large pool, but it's hot water. So perfect in the winter. And the Sun Valley Inn, you know, has the Ram restaurant, which is, you know, a whole other conversation of a long history of stories and people. And the Ram has been there forever great place to go have the very, very good high-end meal. And then the Duchin Lounge in Sun Valley Lodge. That's a great place to go with friends after a day of skiing. It's actually kind of a sneaky hideaway opera spot. It's pretty laid back. It's a mellow vibe and they have good food, good cocktails. I love the Duchin and it goes it goes way back and I think you characterized it really well as a little bit of a hidden gem there but it is just a, a great place to be and the other the other restaurant that I want to highlight is is Gretchen's and being a ski team buff as I am Gretchen Fraser who skied out of Sun Valley winning the first Olympic alpine medal for the US with the gold in the slalom gold. in 1948 and you can see the medals they're on display mm-hmm. It's really pretty cool. And uh, Kristen Cooper, another great athlete who came out of Sun Valley, and she has her medals on display there as well. Let's head into town now, into Ketchum, just a short a couple of minutes away, and talk about that small ski town that has this very special feeling to it. Yeah, Ketchum has a great community. You know, I'd say the most special thing about Ketchum is the people. You know, it goes back to that laid-back, outdoorsy lifestyle of everyone that lives there. You know, you can walk into the post office on any given day in the winter and half the people in there will be in ski gear still. Half of them will be in workout gear. It's like everybody that lives in Ketchum lives here for the access to the outdoors. And then that just creates a certain type of person that is easygoing, happy, fun to be around. You know, my my sister's boyfriend moved here from Colorado a little over a decade ago. And he was blown away by how much people hug here. So when he first moved here, he actually was calling 
Baldy hug mountain because <laughs> everyone just hugs. You see someone, you meet someone for the first time, you give them a hug. That's the kind of place it is in Ketchum. No, oh, it, it really is the case. And I, I love how you're describing that. And this has been a great tour. I appreciate it, McKenna. We're going to close it out with a section that I call Collective Dreams. I got a few, uh, what I hope are simple questions for you to kind of maybe sum up what this place, uh, this great resort of Sun Valley means. The first one, and I know you've touched base on this, and this is always a tough question, but if you had to pick your one favorite run at Sun Valley, what would it be? Oh, that's such a hard one. I'm going to go with... Easter Bowl. Easter Bowl. Got it. Easter Bowl. Okay. Tell us about it. Easter Bowl. So the bowls are these south-facing bowls right off the top of Sun Valley. They are off-piste or mogul runs, depending on the amount of snow. They're steep. They're long. They are leg burners. They are big and open. If you have the right conditions, you can go as fast as you want down those bowls in perfect powder. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to ask a question that one skier should not ask of another, but I'm going to ask it anyways, but on a big powder day, when you're out there on your own, what's one little tiny secret that you could give to our listeners of a run they might just want to check out on that big powder day? Okay. So a little bit of a secret is that if you are on the Warham Springs side on a big powder day, they often open Greyhawk lift before they open Challenger lift. Now Greyhawk only goes halfway up the mountain, whereas Challenger goes to the top. But what Greyhawk accesses is perfect on a deep powder day. And you usually will end up getting first tracks if you wait in that line rather than jumping in the big line to the top. That is good intel. And we'll let them figure out the runs on their own. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Gnarliest line you've ever skied anywhere. Oh, I did a trip in 2017 outside of Haines, Alaska with my good friend and Scott teammate, Sam Cohen, to ski a line that he had been looking at for a long time. And we, we ended up getting it. We made a film called The Peak of Ill Repute. You can check that out. Love it. What are some of the other films you're in that uh, listeners can check out? I have been in a few Warren Miller films. But their new film, Daymaker, is coming up, set to be released next month. So that will be a great one to go check out. The tour starts at the end of October. You know, Warren Miller is the official kickoff to winter. It is. Go check that out. <laughs> it is. You're a salmon fisherman now, and I know that it's about how many salmon you can get, not necessarily the biggest one, but what's the biggest salmon you've seen, whether that's on the boat or maybe one that you you or a friend got sport fishing? Well, we've pulled on board a few 50-plus pound king salmon Wow! in our time, so... Those are pretty fun to catch. Actually, just to explore the fishing a little bit, what port do you fish out of and where do you go? We fish out of Southeast Alaska. So anywhere between Ketchikan and Juneau, we kind of travel through all of those islands and inlets. Cool. And then back to Sun Valley, do you have a favorite local craft beer? I do actually. Sawtooth Breweries 208. And tell me about it. You know, it is a light flavorful, very drinkable beer. Perfect for after a day of being outside. 
Beautiful. And then lastly, this is probably the toughest question of all. If you were to single out one word to describe what Sun Valley means to you, what is that one word to describe Sun Valley? Oh, this is going to sound cliche, but I have to say home. I love it. It is home. home. And I need to add that it doesn't matter if you were born and raised here or you moved here last year or you're just visiting. This place I still feels like home. It does. And I can tell you as someone who's skied up there a fair amount, when I get to Sun Valley, I do feel like I'm home. I'm on a home mountain. So, but Kenneth Peterson, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. If we find you on the mountain, will you take a run with us this winter? Of course. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tom. Thanks to McKenna for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. She is a great example of the welcoming spirit that you feel in Sun Valley. Think about that collective trek this winter. The new Salt Lake City International Airport is the perfect gateway for building a collective trek that includes Sun Valley, Snow Basin, Grand Targhee, Jackson Hole, Alta, and Snowbird. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Watch for more episodes coming up soon. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and I'll see you on the mountain this winter. Are you ready to build your own collective trek? The Mountain Collective Pass is your ticket to multi-resort skiing or riding. Get yours today at mountaincollective.com. You'll get two days at each participating resort, plus 50% off additional days. It is the perfect pass to take just one trip and be able to ski or ride at multiple resorts. Build your own collective trek today. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered directly to you. Watch for more episodes of Inside the Mountain Collective, and I'll see you on the mountain.